look at the NWSL managerial shakeup. You've got Bev Yanez, um, who was the assistant at Louisville. Now she is the full head coach. Flacco Andonoski, who was with the U.S. Women's National Team, obviously now the head coach of Kansas City. And Becky Tweed from the assistant at Angel City. What an incredible job she did with the team. She is now well-deserved the first team manager. Uh, Jonathan Geraldes, though, perhaps the biggest headline of this offseason in the NWSL. Let's just take a look at what he won with Barcelona. He's just won everything. One of three nominees for the 2023 Best uh, FIFA Women's Coach. Two-time league champion, two-time Champions League winner. And when you look at what he's been able to do with the consistency, Ali, I mean, that's never easy. It's a 50-match winning streak in league play as well. I mean, how big is this for them to get a get like him? Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, I don't think many coaches have these accolades uh, at the club level. Um, it's very impressive. And I think that DC is very lucky to have a coach like this who's so, you know, tactical and, and excited to play <laughs> football and not just a kick and run game. So it's mm. definitely going to be a change. And he has the personnel to do that mm -hmm. in, in DC. So it's going to be really exciting to watch. And and um, I, my only worry is that, you know, obviously he can't come till June. So preseason which you know I can I could say that you know Juan with us in, in that preseason period was really um, crucial to, to how successful and how set up we were throughout the season so it will be you know that's a question mark for me you know coming in in June and and really getting the team to where he he wants it to be by the end of the season so that's that's my only question but other than that I mean you have a phenomenal coach who's going to implement uh, a new style of football in this league and it's going to be really exciting to watch. Is that hard as a player as well because even from a manager's perspective it's difficult because you want to implement things straight away but for the players they're almost in like a bit of a holding period aren't they? Yeah there's a bit of a transition period and you're you know obviously if there's an assistant coach that is just implementing what he wants and the style that's that's okay but it's still not the same mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely you know takes a bit of time uh, and you're going to lose you know that time a, a little bit but uh, obviously right when he gets in hopefully they'll be ready to go and um, but that'll be interesting to see throughout the season how you know different it could be from those six months without him and then the six months with. With everything he's won, Darian, what's the biggest attraction for him to come to the NWSL to a team like the Washington Spirit? I mean, you have Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, Aubrey Blesdo, Casey Kruger now. You have so many players that are fit what we've seen as his identity and style of play that he has with Barca. So I think him coming to the Spirit is huge. I think it fits in hand. I, like I said before, I don't think that they're tactically how they were set up with previous coaches the last year or two really fits the personnel that they have. And I think he's coming in. It fits him perfectly, his style of play. It suits the players really well. Um, he's won everything. And so I think it's time to make this move to the NWSL, which we know is the hardest league to play in. It's every weekend, we always joke, NWSL chaos. You is it still the hardest league to play in, do you think? Across? I think so. Yeah. I think it's just getting more and more competitive. You're seeing, especially um, with all of these transfers of players, and it's becoming more attractive for international players to come here. I think it's the level's just going to keep rising, um, and especially with new owners and better facilities. Like it's, there's no comparison mm -hmm. at it, all. It and, and, up, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say in Europe, usually it's typically the top three, four teams that you're competing against, and that's really it. Here every weekend, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. There's a couple of different conversations, right? We've talked about the expansion going on in NWSL, and then will that water down the product? We've seen that happen at times in MLS. Mm -hmm. There's so many teams, not enough 
top, top level players to go around. But there was also the conversation the last few years about so many players choosing to go to Europe. Europe really starting to really take focus, especially some of the major countries give a lot of credit to England. They've really put a lot of focus on the women's game. Mm -hmm. The fans have come out. It's been incredible. And there's one thing they have that we don't is Champions League. Yeah. And that draw. Mm -hmm. Do we think that all of a sudden now NWSL started to pull that leverage back to them? Do we think NWSL is still the place to be? Or do you think Europe is only going to continue to get stronger? Because that is a fear that NWSL could start to fall by the wayside because we don't have anything that competes with Champions League. No, I... I think it applies pressure, and I love it because it's just going to grow the game even more. I love that Europe is, has Champions League, and we all love to watch it. We're going to cover some of it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's conversations in the NWSL that something's going to happen where we'll, the teams will play against some other league. We don't know yet, but I know that that's a part of conversations because it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Like The world is craving it. The players are craving it. Um, getting rid of Challenge Cup. I mean, I was never a fan of Challenge Cup. I hated it uh, because there needs to be some variety. I think last year when I played with Orlando, we played Gotham like four times in a row within like six weeks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was crazy. And we lost every game. Hell, hell yeah, dude. Let's go Gotham. Sadly, yeah. Um, but you played in Europe as well. I remember your time at Frankfurt. What do you, yeah, think, what do you think about the draw of Europe versus NWSL? Yeah, I was just going to say that it is attractive to go overseas and play in the Champions League because then, you know, my first year playing with Frankfurt, we won the treble. And I mm. said, oh, this is easy. I guess I should retire now. You know, this is, we won the, you know, we won the league championship. We won the DFB Pokal. Um, and then we won Champions League. And so at the time, it was the UEFA Cup. But either way, that is why a lot of players choose to play there in Europe. And they choose to, you know, compete over there because you can win the most trophies. Mm -hmm. And so that is why it is attractive. And so hopefully we can come up with uh, our league and maybe the South American leagues um, and maybe hopefully Canada soon. Uh, we can come up with our own. Or we can have like a Club World Cup situation where mm -hmm. the best team the previous year can then go play in a tournament. A club World like Cup that. situation. I don't know. So hopefully, like you said, um, you know, won't just we won't just go by the wayside. Yeah, <laughs> wayside Something because for the of big all the attraction work. to 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 pull everyone. It's interesting as well with Geraldo as being the third Spanish manager. Obviously, you played for a Spanish manager. It'd be interesting to see the players that he's able to maybe bring mm. to the NWSL. Uh, what about Vlatko though, Ali? Because everybody knows him so well from his time with the U.S. Women's National Team. Now taking over the Kansas City Current. Do you like this move? Mm -hmm. I really do because he is home and I, I really value Vlaco and I, I really enjoyed playing for him. Um, I do think that he should be with a team on a more consistent basis because comparing club to national team, he was so much more successful with club, but that's because I know that he loves to coach and he loves to lead a team and he loves to manage players and he gets the best out of them if he's with them consistently every single day, week in and week out. And I think that this is going to set him up for that success again. And it'll be really impressive to see the new stadium and all the hype and the new environment and um, everything's like top class there. So mm -hmm. I think he fits perfectly. He's home and I think He'll be really happy there. And when you're happy, you bring your best. And uh, that's, that's going to be exciting to watch. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull an Ali Krieger and say, you know what? As a men's, women's national team coach, he didn't do so well. He didn't. <laughs> as a, as a, just like the Chicago Red Stars uh, didn't do so well. I think he has a lot to prove. And I think he knows that. Mm -hmm. And I think, obviously, he's a stellar coach. He knows what he's doing. And I think this is going to be a good opportunity for him. He gets to mold the team in his way as opposed mm -hmm. to just sort of be handed a roster and say, mm -hmm. you got to pick and choose from this and try to play a style and maybe put players in positions where they maybe aren't as adept and, and hope to, to sort of 
pull it together. I think he's going to have a lot more of his imprint on this team. But I think it goes without saying. He's got a lot to prove. He's got, he's got, he maybe has a chip on his shoulder a little bit about the way it ended with the women's national team. And maybe that's a good thing for Casey Curran. Yeah. Maybe this is a good opportunity. They have a stadium. They have a, a massive fan base. Everything around it, this whole project seems to be going really, really well. Hopefully this decision does as well. Do you think in some ways, though, Vlatko got caught in a transition period with the U.S. women's national team? Because it felt like a lot of young players were coming through and he was almost caught in, you know, you had such an incredible team that had so many players that had won so much. Do you think he almost felt the pressure from everybody to play those players, but also saw the players coming through? Because he, I even remember back to the CONCACAF W Championship in Mexico, it almost felt like he didn't know which his best 11 was because there was it was time for more rotations. But it was, are you brave enough to make those changes? Mm. I think right before I, um, you know, finished playing with the national team, COVID had happened. And I remember we had just won the Olympic qualifiers and we were prepping for the Olympics and then everything came to a halt. And so I think I don't want to make excuses, but that was, you know, a moment where there was a year there that was really difficult to then bring players back in, you know, let players go, kind of adjust the team. So, yeah, I think a, a little bit of that, but also, like Alexis said, he had he has a, a moment where he can kind of bring his own players yeah. and form his own team and and figure out, you know, the personnel that he wants. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't know necessarily if that um, was the best I've seen for you know, compared to other coaches that I played for. But, um, you know, you can add that year in there. That was that was a bit awkward. And then Olympics got pushed back, you know, mm -hmm. a whole year. And, and that was a difficult adjustment, I think, for everyone, yeah. coaches and players alike. Even the scheduling was just off, wasn't it? We were playing yeah. 2022 games in 2021 or the other way around. Whichever way, it was, it was a bit confusing, <laughs> wasn't it? I'm even confused talking about it. Let's move on to Bev uh, Janos because this is someone that you yes. know well. You talked about doing your coaching uh, license with her. She was the assistant coach of Racing Louisville. From the outside looking in, it looks like the players absolutely adore her. Is that right, Darian? Yeah. Um, I have the honor to play with Bev at Rain, um, OG Rain. And from my first day there, she was a coach. She is exactly how she is as a coach as she was as a player. Incredibly technical, tactical. Her passion emanates from her when you hear her talk about the game and her love for mm -hmm. the players. And I think she looks at players holistically, which is something we've talked about, been super critical of the NWSL for their coaching hires, of just kind of bringing people in, people hiring their friends that don't really have like their heart invested in the game. Bev does, she's played in the NWSL since the beginning. She's played overseas. And I think she's finally gonna get the flowers she deserves. And I love that she's taken this route to finally becoming a head coach because if you go watch our interview with her on Attacking Third, mm -hmm. she talks about educating the entire time. She's like geeking out about teaching players to check their shoulders and go into space and passing patterns and develop their own style of play and making decisions instead of kind of instilling, this is how I want you to play. This is the, there's right and wrong answers. Soccer is situational. So she's teaching players how to make real-time decisions and I love it. I think she's one of the coaches that we've talked about that we need for development of players where we're seeing European teams excel. She's going to be the coach I think that's going to help mm -hmm. U.S. soccer and the NWSL excel to that level. She's so bubbly and smiley even looking at those photos but is there <laughs> yeah. another side of her rally that we don't see when we get to just see her on the sidelines and see her in interviews? No, I mean I think you see what you get and mm -hmm. she, you know, something that I remember um, so specifically with Bev which I was so lucky to play for her as, you know, when she was our assistant coach in Gotham our first year. Um, 
and even though the year didn't go as well as we wanted, it didn't reflect how good they were, her and Becky and, and Scott. And I think that she really knows how to manage players. She really knows how to connect with players. She really knows how to get the best out of you by kind of going a little bit deeper than just on the playing field. And so I think that connection was really crucial and critical in the time, um, you know, in the year that we had. I think having individual meetings and going over film and video and really being specific and working individually with players on their development process was something that I always remember about her. And I know that this is going to be her first year as a head coach. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, maybe Louisville, that was a bit of a, you know, familiarity uh, aspect, um, you know, hiring her. But obviously she's proven herself and I am so happy for her. And I've seen her firsthand on the field and, and the information that she gives and how, it, how she she teaches the game and oh. it's it's really impressive because of how young she is and yeah. um, this will be a great experience for her I'm excited to watch it's really nice to see the pathway up isn't it for her and for Becky Tweed being the assistant and now being head coaches in the NWSL we'll see what they can do with this season